Dear Mary, please find enclosed my entire Noblet collection as a sign that I forgive you. When I received your book, the emotions inside my brain felt like they were in a tumble dryer, smashing into each other. The hurt felt like when I accidentally stapled my lips together. The reason I forgive you is because you are not perfect. You are imperfect. And so am I. All humans are imperfect. Even the man outside my apartment who litters. When I was young, I wanted to be anybody but myself. Dr. Bernard Hasselhoff said, if I was on a desert island, then I would have to get used to my own company. Just me and the coconuts. He said I would have to accept myself, my warts and all, and that we don't get to choose our warts. They are a part of us, and we have to live with them. We can, however, choose our friends. And I am glad I have chosen you. Dr. Bernard Hasselhoff also said that everyone's lives are like a very long sidewalk. Some are well paved. Others, like mine, have cracks, banana skins, and cigarette butts. Your sidewalk is like mine, but probably not as many cracks. Hopefully one day our sidewalks will meet and we can share a can of condensed milk. You are my best friend. You are my only friend. I know it's been a minute since I've recorded anything or posted anything. I've just been... Oh, man. Well, not just... Not recently, but it's something that I've been... For my entire life... My... Known existence, the... It's... There's there's a time when... Growing up, you... Actually notice that you're alive before you just exist you just there's no understanding that you're actually different or that you are your own person you're not it's not just like you start to understand feelings and and problems that you have within yourself or you start asking questions about why things aren't fair um uh, i don't know what it's called self-realization i think I'm not sure, but one of the earliest memories that I have of understanding that not everybody, we're not all the same, that everybody has, everybody's different, everybody has their own thing, everybody has their own life, you know, you have that realization, and then later on in life, you have another realization that everybody in the world is, is, uh, is having their own thing. Like every, I always say this, but every car in traffic is its own little universe, its own little story. That's the later realization. But the first memory that I have of understanding that I'm different or understanding that I exist in my own 
little bubble or own realm was because I always felt sad. Everything that I've ever done, I've always felt sad. Um, and it's it's a not a self fulfilling prophecy, but it, it's like a what's that one saying? I'm 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 depressed because I eat, and I eat because I'm depressed, or I'm fat because I eat, or whatever. However it goes, but growing up, I was always sad. So because I was always sad. I would want to be alone and because I was alone I didn't have friends and, and then that would feed into my sadness is like how come I don't have friends and then I would get more sad and then I would be more alone and I would push people more away so it was this echo this this thing that just repeated itself over and over and over and it's this cycle of going deeper and deeper within myself and pushing people away and it just kept feeding this sadness that I had so growing up I, I I've I've always had this this pain like in my body and my chest this feeling of losing something I've never had of of missing someone I don't know of wishing for something I don't even know exists but there, there was always this hole inside of me and there still is but there, there, there was always this huge emptiness, this this vast pit of needing of the unknown of this thing that doesn't. I don't even know it exists, and if it does or it doesn't, but it's just this need, this this feeling of emotional hunger. And, it, and it, it, it has always been there with me. And there have been times where I've been lucky enough that I experienced something new that for a brief moment, it fills up that emptiness and I don't feel that sadness. I don't feel like the world around me is dim. It's color, it's colorless. everything is okay now that's and and that's usually by maybe doing something that i can be proud of or discovering something or art i usually if i'm like at like if you've ever been to yosemite and you're in the valley and you look up at the mountains and they look so so awe-inspiring so regal so like it, it, it it's you know how when you see a tv that has like 4k but it looks too real like this is not even here but it just looks too real that's what the mountains look like it looks like this this this, this, is, this is probably got to be fake like how are they it's like cgi or something how are these things too real which doesn't even make sense but it, that feeling that awe feeling that helps me to forget at least for a moment of what the pain that I'm going through and then and you know it helps with accomplishments with stuff that I can be proud of and that I always I would always seek to do something that would make me feel fulfilled that's why I really loved doing the comedy shows because it's it's everything is working everything is happening everything it's it's like like you know how you the videos are like like people stack dominoes and then they get that push and they just watch it all happen in front of them and everything is just working perfectly that to me is 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 an accomplishment just the fact that everything is working how it's supposed to that really helps me that for for at least one night i don't feel the emptiness i don't feel the sadness i don't i can actually enjoy the moment of living i'm not in the past and i'm not in the future i'm not worried and i'm not regretting that is why i love doing what i do but it's it's far in between 
from the moment of thinking of what you want to do to actually accomplishing it, it's usually about three or four months of work for that one night. And if I start thinking about what I'm going to do and then I start working towards it, the pain is still there, but it's not as strong because I'm focused, because I know the outcome. I know what's going to happen. That night is going to be amazing. And it's something that I can create out of nothing. And something that makes me feel like I do matter. Like, look what I created. Look what I look at all this hard work I put into these things. And to see people enjoying the night, laughing, and they're getting experience from something that I concocted in my mind that I could just give. I can give people this experience. I can give them a memory. That to me is what drives the entire thing and it helps me not feel uh, alone or empty or numb or dull or colorless. And before the comedy shows, I was reckless because if I couldn't do something that that made me feel accomplished, then I would do the opposite. Something I would want to destroy things. I would want to hurt people. I wanted destruction. I wanted everybody to feel the pain that I felt. I, it, it, it would feel like I was surrounded by people and I would yell at the top of my lungs, but everybody around me is death or I don't matter and they choose not to listen or help or anything so I would lash out do whatever I just just to be noticed just to have somebody acknowledge and and maybe even help but I lived with that I lived and I still do it's not as bad now, but I um there's a lot of things I regret. And the people that I've hurt I've already apologized and I've already spoke to. The stuff that I've done broken or stole or burned or there's some things I can't undo and for that I will for ever be ashamed or or I will always carry that weight and that's something that I can't let go because I don't feel like I deserve to let it go this is something I have to live with but The things that I've created, the things that I do have helped. And I, I know I said this before on the podcast that the pandemic really hit hard because I've spent so much time on working on this profession, this craft, this skill, this dream, this career. But this is this it's a symbiotic sort of relationship where we create these events but we also work with restaurants. We also work with our events are meant to be enjoyed by crowds. And the pandemic really hurt the restaurants, really hurt events, really hurt my career. Because for a year and a half, everything was shut down. There was no, this thing that I've been working on since 2007 no longer exists. And that really... really drove me into what I didn't know at the time, what it was called. Now I know and I understand that it's a depression that I have. I have a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things wrong with me, but it made it, 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 the pandemic really threw a wrench in my career and it just stopped. Now, the thing that was helping me deal with the depression is gone. 
and for a while I, I i still remain optimistic i still worked and and you know when it opens up we'll be back at it again but it, it was it's, it just at one point it just felt like it's never going to be the same again so did i just waste my entire life on a career that doesn't exist anymore and I, I still found things I could do, and, and that's when I started the podcast, and I started doing other things, because I, I still was fighting to create something so that I could be proud of. And I would fall, I, I, there'd be weeks where I would just be closed off from the world in my room, blacked out, and just be asleep for days. Um, and I would just want to be alone, nothing, just no interaction with anybody, sleep, and, and there'd be days where I, I just wouldn't eat, and, you know, I would go into it, and then I would come out of it, and I'd be okay for a couple of days, and it was just back and forth, back and forth, out of every month, at least maybe once, once, one week out of the month, I would probably be just shut off. And I was struggling, but I was I was managing it, and it was okay. But this past month, I think it's the month of September, was one of the worst um one of the deepest depressions that I've ever ever been in. For an entire week, I didn't get out of bed. I didn't eat anything. I didn't drink water. I didn't... It... My mind was hurting. My soul was hurting. My chest. Everything. I... I was just in so much pain. And... I got to a breaking point where I'm just like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I can't, I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. I need to see a doctor. I need, I'm, I'm at the very, very bottom. I am scratching at the walls to get out of this thing and reaching for anything I can grab, but roots, anything. My niece's birthday party was on a Sunday, um, and they were having a surprise birthday party for her. And this would be the first time I'm getting out of bed. Um, uh, because I've been laying down for so long, my muscles, I, I, I could barely stand up. Every muscle in my body was weak. I was extremely dehydrated. Um, I had no energy. I haven't eaten anything. And even though I was in bed, I had so much trouble sleeping. I couldn't sleep. I would be in this daze, in this... I would lay, and I, I think I would sleep. But I don't know. And, and for me... Even though I was in there this like really deep for I think it was even more than a week, but the days all were melted together. I I didn't know what day it was. I didn't, sometimes there was times where I didn't know if it was in the morning, at night. I didn't see there was no light in my room, there's no anything. So that Sunday when I got up, I could barely stand. I could barely walk. Um, my chest, like I, I feel like my kidneys and my liver and and like I feel like they were hurting because I haven't drank any water and. And I was just in, in pain and I was all clammy and sweaty and 
even even like I couldn't even grab a cup because my hands were so weak because my hands were so shaky and so we all went to my niece's birthday party and I'm trying to be there like mentally I'm, I'm, I'm fighting to be there but I'm just so in so much pain I feel so sick I, I can't even eat anything and because I haven't eaten in so long any little thing that I would eat it just made me feel nauseous and I, I think I ate like two chicken wings and that felt like I overate so much and and I'm trying to be in the moment. I'm trying to, to be. My nieces are there. My nephew's there. My brothers, like family, everybody's there. And I'm trying to be there in the moment. I'm trying, but I'm just, I'm like 85% inside my own head, 85% somewhere else. And I'm just shaky, in pain nauseous and I just want to be back inside the room back in the darkness everything's too bright everything's too loud and all I want to do is sleep or, or take something just to make it all stop make the pain go away I had a long conversation with my brother and my mom because I I, I all I could think about is I don't want to feel this anymore. I don't want to be sad anymore. I don't want to feel this pain anymore. I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. Can anybody help me? Can please somebody help me? Philip was always there. He, he would message me, he would check up on me, he would... <sighs> Philip has always been there. He's one of my... No. He is my only friend. He is my best friend. He's always been there. He would message me and sometimes we would talk, sometimes I didn't want to talk, but he would message and I would read and I felt bad because like I I didn't like I just wasn't there. And uh, something happened last night. Um, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but it um, I'll, I'll talk about it later. So I had a long conversation and, and with my mom and my brother, and I just told them everything that I've been going through and all the pain, and it's. And it's just like I, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. And I've never, I've never been suicidal, and, I, and I've, I've, I've never will be. I'm actually afraid of death so much that sometimes I don't want to sleep because I'm afraid I won't wake up. Or, and if I could, you know, turn into a cyborg so I could live forever, I would. But it's just. Like I don't want, I didn't want to die. I just didn't want to be awake, and that doesn't make any sense. So I had a long conversation with with them, and it put it, it really made me think about what I need to do, and what I have been doing, and it's 
my little brother made a lot of sense. My little brother sold. He made a lot of sense, and he, it's it's it's. It's always been hard for me to ask for help because I always feel like, and I don't want to feel this way, and I don't want to. It feels like if I ask anybody for, for help in that way, it just feels like I'm bothering them. Like they have their own things they're going through. I do. Why do I want to add to their, to what they they worry about anyways? But I, I even. I just, I just don't want to be a bother. I don't want to be a nuisance. I don't. So I always pushed everybody away. That so I could like, oh man, you know, I'll fix this. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of this, and then later I can come back into the circle and be a, a good brother, a good friend. But, and there's been times where I've been in so much pain that I've had arguments with people and. And it's not even because I want to, uh, I, I, it's just I'm in pain and I'm just lashing out because I'm hurting and I'm irritated and I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I'm just lashing out f at people that don't deserve to be treated that way. But it's not, I wasn't doing it on purpose. It was just because I was hurting and anything would just get me angry and get me frustrated. I and I, I feel bad because maybe if they understood what I was going through, maybe they could either calm me down or, or understand where the anger is coming from. And it, it was I was never angry at anybody, and I was never wanting to attack or belittle anybody. But it's it it, it and that's my fault. It's all my fault. So. Yeah, that day. After my niece's birthday party. She had a good time. All the kids had a good time. For the little bit that I was physically and mentally there. I. I, I tried hard to not let what I was going through taint what they were experiencing. After the party, when I came home, I just I was just like, you know what? I, I, I got to do something. I got to change something. I can't keep doing this. I got to start taking care of myself. But <laughs> if you learn anything from Hitler... <laughs> Is that you don't fight on all fronts, fight on one. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not ready to be out and about and 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 get out of bed yet. My I'm already in pain. My muscles are weak. I can barely stand. I'm still shaky. And I just started looking and making a list of everything that I'm doing wrong to myself. One of the main things is not eating right and not drinking water and my body is telling me that I need at least water and I just started drinking water but you can't drink too much water all at once because you could die so I was like okay I at least gotta drink three cups of water a day or three 24 ounce things of water a day so I did that and I was it scared me because you know you're drinking a lot of water you're going to go to the restroom but when I would go to the restroom what I saw that came out was reddish yellow reddish brown and and I've taken biology and I've taken a couple classes of health and stuff like that and it's just like so there's one or two things happening either your kidneys or your liver are shutting down and you need to go to the hospital or you're severely dehydrated 
Now, I'm in pain, and I re- like the one thing I refuse to take is aspirin or, or like aspirin, because it's very, very bad on your liver. There have been more deaths caused by aspirin than people even know. Usually what happens is people go out drinking, heavily drinking, so the liver's already fucked. The next day, they take aspirin because they're in pain, but aspirin's really bad for your liver. So, liver's already fucked up from the night before from heavy drinking, whatever. You take aspirin, that fucks it up even more. So, basically, you are now shutting down your liver, and people die from that. So, this one thing, I, 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 I'll just fight through the pain. I won't take aspirin. So, I'm thinking either my liver or my kidneys, but something is wrong because this is not good. But I'm a guy and I'm an idiot. So I was like, okay, let's, it's not really, you know, I start checking my eyes because if, if your liver's fucked, your eyes will start turning yellow. Supposedly, I think I'm not a doctor, I don't, but this is what I, I'm just remembering everything that I've learned that these are the signs and symptoms and whatever. So I check my eyes. My eyes are bloodshot, but that's because I can't sleep. But they're not yellow. So I was just like, okay, well, I'm not really in. I'm, I am in pain, but it's not really, really that bad, considering it could be worse. So I'm just, I'm just gonna keep drinking water. Just keep drinking water. Hopefully. I should have gone to the doctor because I'm not one and I don't know what I'm doing, but I didn't go. Plus, I didn't, I couldn't drive. I couldn't see straight. I couldn't. So I just kept drinking water and water and water. About, it took about a week, about a week of just drinking water, eating better. In the beginning, I could barely even eat like a slice of bread because I would just feel nauseous and I couldn't, it felt like I overate, but slowly and slowly and slowly, I started to get back to normal and it took about a week for me to get back to everything is running how it's supposed to. Um, my kidneys are fine. My liver is fine, but I was just severely dehydrated and, and all the, I guess, toxins or whatever that you're kidneys and your liver have to filter was piling up I was basically poisoning myself because I wasn't drinking water but it got to the point where everything was starting to be normal and everything was clear again but I still got to go to the doctor and because of COVID um, everything's backed up uh, I called and I made it and tried to get seen the same day, but because of COVID, I had to wait at least three weeks before I could be seen. I still haven't been seen yet, but, um, tomorrow's October 4th. Um, that's my appointment to go get seen and I need to go get, get checked for everything to make sure that I didn't do any permanent damage to any of my organs or anything in my body and then I'm still I still gotta get talk to them about the depression that I have and I also have what's it ADHD cause I can't concentrate and I also need to see uh, what's it a therapist psychiatrist whatever it is that you go um to help with the depression. I know there's medicine and there's pills and stuff that you take. I don't really want to take any because, except for the ADHD, but I, these are the things that have been wrong with me for so long and I've never gone to get help. So, I don't know who the doctor is or who I'm seeing, but, uh, they're gonna have their hands full (laughs) I'm doing I'm doing way better Um, uh, I think just even even talking about it asking for help or even starting to go down the path of getting help has improved has actually helped me with um, my stress 
I'm actually sleeping now, and um, I started. I went back to boxing, so that's helping me with a feeling, a sort of accomplishment. Even though we haven't, we haven't had a show, and I don't know when the next comedy show is gonna be because um, there's still rules. Uh, people are still, you know, not vaccinated or vaccinated or whatever, whatever. There's still a lot of problems that happen, and it's not time yet. Plus, and at the same time, the talent, the people that perform at these shows, they haven't performed in a year and a half. So um, it's like they're starting all over again. So to put on a show now and uh, while everybody's still rusty, it it's not fair for the people that pay to go see the show. So I think in 2022 will be and will have been enough time for them to get back into the groove of things and everything will start opening up again and we can start going back to being normal so 2021 is just like the recovery of 2020 2022 i think we should be back on track but the things that i've been doing the eating better um making sure i'm always hydrated uh working out uh, having somebody that I can talk to or actually now that uh, my family knows that of what I've been going through it and their understanding more of why I am the way I am has been a huge help. I have been getting in the way of my own self and it has been affecting my family, my life the interactions I have with people and I was just thinking like I've been living this way I've been doing this for I don't know how many years and it hasn't worked out for me doing that or being the way I was so if it hasn't worked out why am I still doing that so I even you know I I I've had conversations with myself, which sometimes I think that's weird, but it's not. And that's the conversation I've had with myself is like, you've been doing this for this long and it hasn't worked out for you. Why are you still doing it? How about we try something different and maybe, maybe things will get better. But doing what you have been doing has 100% proven that it doesn't work. So let's take a gamble. Let's roll the dice. Let's do this different. And who knows, man, maybe it'll work out. But every day that I am actively working towards changing how I am and, and looking to better myself so far, so good. It's it's I feel better. And this is just the beginning. And I'm already feeling better. So. I, I'm. I'm excited. That if I. If I just hang in there. I just keep trucking along. It's going to be so awesome. And I know. <laughs> I was tell Philip. That I sound like. I was like a born again Christian. Or whatever. Like <laughs> I used to be a gangster running drugs or whatever then i found jesus and now i'm just preaching the word <laughs> just like it's weird because all my life i was about that debauchery life and now i think about oh it's seven o'clock it's almost time to go to sleep and snuggle up and i have dinner at four <laughs> I was like, fuck, man, am I just getting old? Is this what old people do now? I don't know. There have been people in my corner that have helped me. And there's some people that I talk to that really help. I don't know. I don't know if Philip's going to talk about it. And I don't know if he would want me to talk about it. But I guess I'd, I'll just say what I can until I know if he is okay with me talking about it but last night um something happened 
where if so something happened last night that if nobody was there today this morning I would have been devastated I would have been heartbroken I would have been I wouldn't be the same and I wouldn't have my best friend anymore And I was mad, I was sad, I was happy, I was just a whirlwind of emotions. But the one thing that I that that that, that I was I was that overshadowed everything was that I was grateful that my friend is still here. And that's the second time this motherfucker scared me like that. <laughs> I remember one time uh, he was going to do a show in San Francisco, San Jose, or somewhere up in Northern California. Uh, something happened, and then he ended up in the hospital. And I was like, this motherfucker's going to die? <laughs> but I remember I went to go visit him and... and and fuck it <laughs> in the hospital and uh, I mean I was grateful that he was still alive and everything and he was okay now but <laughs> I remember he told me he's like dude he's like you fucking laid into me he started lecturing me and telling me like Philip are you gonna do this shit or not it's like damn I'm oh, sorry talk about kicking a dude when he's down but it's been a couple of times when Philip and I had had like a real heart to heart, and uh, one time was on the balcony, and we talked about the future, and that's when the comedy show stuff started. Another time was when he was in the hospital, and then another time was this most recent time when I was at the very bottom of my depression. Philip has always been there. And it'll never be enough of there's nothing there's not enough time in the world. There is not enough ways I could show or say how much I appreciate him and I value him and I respect him and, and I love him. And he's always been there and, and And, and and I and I will never be able to repay him for all that he's done for me. <sighs> but yeah, <laughs> he posted something on Facebook. He's like, oh, uh, something about you never know how long you have. You, you got to tell everybody that you love them. <laughs> Every time he says, I love you, or he tells me he loves me, or shit like that, I was like, hey, I just like you as a friend. <laughs> uh, but, <sighs> but yeah, so that's what I've been going through, and that's, I'm still in it. I'm not out of the woods yet, daddy, but I'm working on it. Um, one thing, too, I think I've talked about this already before. I want to go on stage and actually tell jokes and be a comedian. Um, and it's, it's, it's not cause I want the attention or, or anything. I mean, it's, it's one of the easiest ways to make money, but I just, I just think it's fun talking shit, making people laugh. It's just fun. This, uh, I went to Long Beach with Phil, uh, this past week and we got to hang out with, uh, Alfred Robles and uh, Jesus Trejo. Um, they both uh, travel with uh, Fluffy and them, and uh, they do uh, what's it called? The tour. So they're his openers or people, the comedians that he takes with them. And we were, you know, I got to see the show. Both the guys hilarious. Philip crushed it. Alfred crushed it. Jesus crushed it. It was one. 
it's probably one of the greatest shows I've seen. I mean, there was other people on the, on the, on the show that were, uh, well, let's just say you would, you, you won't remember them, but yeah, everybody like these guys killed it. And afterwards we went to a yard house in, in Long Beach and we were just hanging out, just drinking and talking and just talking shit the whole time. Since the moment we sat down, so it was time to leave, dude, we were just roasting each other, just talking shit, just laughing and just hanging out and it's probably one of the, the, the best memories I have of um, of going out I, I don't like going out I don't I just find it to be like a waste of time and money mm, the only reason this didn't feel like that is because it 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 felt like yeah I'm having fun with these guys and hanging out but it's also in a way, it's work. Because if I can talk to these guys and I'm with Philip and we're doing something that's helping us achieve the greater goal of the career, then it's really not wasting time. But if you guys get a chance, check out Jesus Trejo, fucking Alfred Robles. Um, this shit has some stuff on YouTube or their Instagram, but guys are freaking hilarious. Check out Phil too. I don't know if he has any stuff on, uh, on YouTube anymore, but he does have shows coming up, and I'm gonna, I want to make it a point that I at least go to, down to the LA area, or go see Phil at least once a month, because, yeah, it, it is, it is me getting away, but at the same time, it feels like we're back to, to accomplishing things, and, uh, hopefully, I think tomorrow, because we recorded a couple episodes for the podcast of Tattletales. Um, <laughs> God, it's so stupid. Uh, just the nonsense we we uh, we talk about. Which you would think, you're like, oh, I don't know. I consider myself smart, and I consider Philip smart. But just the dumb shit that we say. <laughs> uh, oh, and then here's a little... I, I've been thinking about this freaking pig all fucking week um so if you go to youtube and you just uh look up drunk pigs there's this one video where uh the guy had like corn that had gotten rotten or something and it started fermenting and uh one of the pigs got into it and ate it so this motherfucker this dude this pig is drunk off his ass it's just asleep it just drunk but uh, <laughs> it's just one thing that guy says. Oh, just watch the video and you'll see. But something happens. But what the guy says? Oh, shit! The bed, almighty. <laughs> I've been saying that shit all week. And then, oh, and another thing that like, just I don't know. I like doing this, but like I like getting songs stuck in people's head. So the day we were going to Long Beach, that day, for some reason, I was think like, the first thing that came to my mind when I woke up was the song by J-Lo, the one that goes, waiting for tonight, something, 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 I don't know how it goes, but I just kept saying it over and over and over <laughs> to the point where Bonsky and freaking Philip, they're like, fuck, man, you're like, what, the fucking song is stuck in my head, <laughs> I don't know, I think I'd say that on the podcast, but... Yeah, so that's that's what's been going on with me and the things that I'm doing now. Um, uh, and yeah, that's another reason why I haven't uploaded or recorded or anything. I just haven't been in a talking mood. Which now I understand if I drink coffee, it helps with that. <laughs> but, anyways, I... Uh, I have to go because I got to edit this and I still got other things I got to do. But if you learn anything from my fucking rambling and babbling and just fucking talking into the abyss. Just one step at a time, man. And sometimes that's probably the biggest step and the easiest step after it's done. For me, that was admitting 
that I need help and asking for help. And it's, it could be a hard pill to swallow, but it's only one pill. But anyways, um, I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening. To dream the impossible dream To fight the unbeatable foe To bear with unbearable sorrow To run where the brave dare not go Unrightable wrong to love pure and chaste from afar to try when your arms are too weary to reach the unreachable star. Well, this is my quest to follow. That star, no matter how hopeless, no matter how far to fight for the right without question or pause, to be willing to march into hell for one heavenly cause, and I know. with scars